The following has been brought to you by SJP World Media. And welcome to something a little bit different, I guess. Uh, this is the return of the SJP podcast, something I'm going to be doing a few more uh, solo podcasts on, or at least giving it a try. It's not really something I've been particularly good at or something I've particularly enjoyed in the past, but people have said, you know, to give it another try. They've enjoyed what I've done previously, so here I am, giving it another go. And it's also in all the time I've been podcasting, all the different shows I've had on the network I run, uh, all the different topics we cover. It's it's also, I think, the very, very first time I'm actually going to talk a bit of football. It's quite unusual for me, really. Uh, I've a bit of context for people who are unaware. I've been a Manchester United fan for, oh, Streif, I'm 42 now, so probably a good 30 years I guess um, I don't tend to talk about it a great deal online or with you know the various um, Facebook groups and so on because you tend to find a lot of people online who post the comments and respond and so on are just idiots looking for arguments so I thought that I could have a little reaction here now uh, to the most recent game, the you know, a time of recording, it's 20 past 7 on the uh, Sunday, the 5th of March. So a little bit backwards, I guess, really, with how well United have been doing in recent weeks. That the, My first attempt at this is when we've just had our asses handed to us at Anfield, 7-0 by Liverpool. But uh, yeah, a bit backwards me choosing this game to be the first one I attempt this on. But there we go. Here we are. Uh, I mean, first of all, with regards to the game today uh, last night i was talking to my wife and i was i think i was quietly confident i mean our record at anfield over the last god knows how many years has, has been shocking i mean even when united were you know the top club in the country and winning everything in sight and you know those glory years under sir alex ferguson we'd still go to liverpool who at times were finishing mid-table and at times we're not exactly an inspiring team to watch. And we still go there and get beat, whether it's Robbie Fowler scoring twice or whatever it may well be. I actually felt quietly confident last night thinking about this fixture, thinking about going to Anfield and the fact that, OK, Liverpool seem to have just started to turn the corner a little bit, but they're still not the force they were a couple of seasons ago. United against West Ham in the week, we looked quite leggy, we looked quite tired. Um, we struggled against West Ham and I think we were quite fortunate in that West Ham weren't good enough to finish the job and let us back in in that particular fixture and the cup final as well against Newcastle the uh, the last Sunday it was a case of I guess Newcastle for big periods of that game they were the better side United just took their chances whereas Newcastle didn't really so I suppose the signs were there that we were kind of coming on a little bit of a, a a slightly downward slope when it comes to our own club form and Liverpool were sort of turning the corner a touch but I still felt looking across form and how the teams have been playing how United have been doing especially in this season since Ten Hag took over it's the most the most confident I've been going to Anfield 
um, for quite a long time. My God, how bloody wrong was I? It, <laughs> the the issue I find with, with going to Anfield for United, um, and again, we go back through all the great United sides of the past and then the not-so-great United sides of the more recent past, is you tend to have to weather that early storm. Anfield's going to be a cauldron. It, it's going to be an incredible atmosphere. Their fans are always really up for this fixture, as they should be, and as the United fans should be. And you tend to find that they, Liverpool will fly at clubs in in European nights, and when I mean, it showed against Madrid, I guess as well, that first sort of quarter of an hour, twenty minutes there, and you know when they play City and so on, they will fly at clubs for the opening quarter of an hour, almost fueled by adrenaline and and the cop roaring them on and so on. But you always feel. To me, anyway, I always feel as a United fan, if you can get past that initial, you know, initial storm at the beginning, that once the game settles down a little bit, if you've not, you know, conceded or, or whatever, I thought United over the course of the last couple of months have been the better team on form, the better team with regards to creating chances, and the better team defensively as well. I thought if we can weather the early storm, once the game settles down. United would probably take charge and, and go on and win this match. So I was like I said last night I was quite I was quietly confident as I said to the wife. Uh the, the today in the build up to the game that confidence perhaps wasn't as strong. I wasn't as confident going towards kickoff as I was last night, but I still fancied us to get something out of this. But my god, how did we just it was just a collapse, wasn't it? We just fell apart. What an absolute shocking display from Manchester United and there's a few things I want to I want to touch upon as a United fan sat at home watching the game uh, first of all I am far from a football expert I've loved the game for a very long time I, I used to play an incredibly low 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 amateur level and uh, you know I was involved in running a club and so on again an incredibly low amateur level uh, I, I always enjoyed watching football but I, I very much you know I want to make sure that everyone aware and everyone listening knows that I'm not trying to spite my opinion as being the truth or gospel or, you know, as fact or anything like that. This is just how I view it sat at home watching. And my opinion may not be as well informed as other people who talk about the, this wonderful, beautiful, fantastic sport on a more regular basis. This is more so just me dipping my toe in and having a go at something new, I guess. So in my limited knowledge and you know sort of limited opinions on the game i i felt i felt the way the game was could have gone the way i felt it might go before kickoff with regards to united weathering the, the early storm and settling down and getting more into the game as the second half, uh, sorry as the first half progressed i feel that is kind of how the first 45 actually went liverpool were very good in the opening periods of the match united felt like we were we were very much holding on for a while. We were very much sort of, you know, just trying to get through that that initial attack and surge from from the Liverpool team and their and their fans, of course, on the cop or screaming and baying for United blood, I guess. But once we got past that initial period and we got a bit of a foothold in the game, I feel United for a, a sort of twenty minute, thirty minute, well, maybe not as long as thirty, but a good twenty minutes or so period, were just shading it. We were creating a few chances. Things weren't quite going our way, but you know we were we were getting a foothold in the match. And then I think what's very important in this game. I mean, obviously it ended seven nil. We got our asses handed to us, as I said at the start of this short, quick reaction podcast. 
I feel the timing of the first two goals were vital to this game. I feel Liverpool scoring when United were getting a foothold in the match, when United were potentially, in my opinion, the better side for a period of that first half. Liverpool scoring their first goal then, I think was a big, big moment in this contest. I mean, the first goal in big league matches and European matches and so on is always a big deal. It's always huge. So Liverpool going ahead was straight away a big hammer blow to Manchester United. However, I also feel the timing of it when United were getting into the game and creating chances and looked quite dangerous at times. I feel that Liverpool scoring whilst we were kind of on top, United didn't react to that. United didn't sort of try and carry on with what they were doing previously. I mean, there's still so much time left on the clock. We've not even had half time at this point. And I feel United kind of almost seemed panicky. There were certain players that started giving the ball away a bit more. Um, and Casemiro, for a start, is, to me, Casemiro, as fantastic as Marcus Rashford has been with all his goals and his ability and his pace and so on, Casemiro, to me, has been the most important player for Manchester United this season and probably for quite a long time with how he's changed our midfield. Casemiro gave the ball away so many times in that opening, well, opening 30 minutes. He's probably given it away more in that game than he has done in the previous 10 for Manchester United. It seems that United just weren't at the races at all. And then the goal coming when we were just starting to get into the game or, or had a little bit of control, really not the wind out of our sails. But going in at half-time, 1-0, I felt, okay, Ten Hag's rightfully got this reputation now of being able to change games from the bench or even with that kind of, uh, well, front front three with the, the the attacking midfield player, or even front four, I guess, with somebody in the number ten role, and you tend to find in recent games it's been it's been a mix of Anthony, Rashford, Veghorst, uh, and and Bruno Fernandez. Sometimes Garnacho's in there, sometimes Sancho's, Sancho's in there, but that four were the were the ones that initially started this match. Whether he tinkers with those and moves people from one flank to the other, or Veghorst into the number ten role, or actually makes a substitution himself it, regarding that attacking part of the pitch. It changes games. And he's done this fantastically well over the last however many matches. I felt getting in at halftime, still being only 1-0 down, I still felt, obviously now in hindsight, foolishly so, I still felt confident United might get something out of this today. But, again, we come back to the timings of the goal. Sorry, timings of the goals. Apologies. Liverpool scoring their second right after halftime when you would imagine Ten Hag's words are still ringing in the ears of the Manchester United players. We've got a game plan now. We're going to alter this. We're going to change this. We're going to try this. Even if we try something for 10 minutes and then we're going to start making changes, whatever. Plans, I imagine, would have been put in place by Ten Hag from what we've seen in recent weeks. The second Liverpool goal, bang, straight after halftime, that again knocks the wind out of our sails from that aspect. But again, we've got 45 minutes to react to this. We're 2-0 down. We're a club that has already picked up a trophy this season. We're looking, we're still going well in the FA Cup. We're still in the Europa League as well. Fantastic you know, result against Barcelona in that competition. 45 minutes being 2-0 down against a side in recent weeks who, well, recent months, shall we say. Recent weeks, there's been a slight upturn for Liverpool, I think. But in recent months then, who haven't, covered themselves in glory I'm thinking if we can just get one 
And then with the options we have from the bench with Sancho and Garnacho and so on, I still fancy us to get something out of this. So even after 45 minutes or so, I'm still thinking, okay, there's still that chance. But then the next goal just killed us. And I feel from there, there are certain aspects of Manchester United as a team, as, as players, as individuals, that were, were a disgrace to the club. I think Luke Shaw lost his head and reverted back to the Luke Shaw who played under Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, uh, who played under, well, Jose Mourinho never really fancied Luke Shaw. And he used to, Mourinho said since he's left the club that there's doubts on Luke Shaw's defensive awareness. He used to worry about people running in behind him and so on. And you do see that quite often where people are sort of going in behind Shaw or he loses a cross in the air. This season, Ten Hag's worked wonders with him. He's, he's been a, a revelation, Luke Shaw. He's been fantastic. But Shaw was reverted back to the fullback that caused us problems in the past, where we could see there was a good player there, but there was a mistake in him, so to speak. I think that Fred, Fred, as well as he's played in recent weeks, started taking too many touches in the midfield and you can't do that at a place like Anfield when the crowd are up and the players on the pitch have got their tails up for Liverpool and they're pressing you start taking too many touches in the centre of the park you're going to lose the ball the key for me and again I'm far from an expert this is just my my own uh, uneducated opinion the key to me in a scenario like that is moving the ball quickly and Fred I think at times takes a few too many touches this is why Fred playing as a holding midfield player for so long never really worked and Casemiro coming in, uh, and not just Casemiro, you look at great holding midfield players throughout the years at various different clubs, Busquets and so on, they don't take too many touches. You know, it's one and two touch football, it's move the ball, get it back and so on. Fred, I think, caused United a few issues today. His energy levels were great, he works hard, of course he does, but he started having one or two many touches again, and it made it very easy for Liverpool to to press, to crowd us out and, and cause us issues there with regards to giving the ball away. And I'm not singling out just thread. There were other aspects to this as well. But yeah, that I think caused us an issue. And we never really then, I think, got mentally correct again. And in a scenario where you're away from home against the, your biggest rivals in the league, historically, and historically one of the most successful and biggest, club, biggest clubs in English football, in Liverpool... I feel that that's when you need leaders. This is when you need guys like a Steve Bruce, a Roy Keane, your proper leaders, proper captains to you know, ad address these issues on the pitch. The manager can only do so much when the game is in full flow. You need strong characters and, and effectively managers on the pitch, so to speak. And Roy Keane was very much in that mould for me growing up watching watching Keno play centre midfield for Manchester United. Gerrard was the same for Liverpool, of course. You know, those strong characters who were just kind of... Those people who didn't seem up for the fight, they would have to fire them up. Those people who were losing their heads, they had to try and get them to concentrate again. I mean, don't get me wrong, Keno had a, you know, a, a well-known history of losing his own head. You know, several red cards in certain scenarios, but... That kind of character, I guess. And I don't think Manchester United had that today. I don't think there was a single player on that pitch who did a proper captain's role of settling down those who were losing their heads, trying to get uh, the issues that we were displaying addressed, trying to get us back to basics, trying to get us back into some form of shape, because Liverpool passed the ball so well at times, we were all over the place. 
and it, it, we never really seemed to recover. I mean, there was one occasion where Liverpool passed for our midfield in, in three or four very quick one-two touch passes, and there were players not tracking back. So when we then won the ball back, or rather Liverpool lost possession, we then were out of shape and our midfield and other attacking options were so far away from, I believe it was Fred on this occasion, so far away from Fred who just won the ball back or, or regained possession near the edge of our own box. He had no options because people literally were stopping on the halfway line, waving their arms as if to say, well, what's the point? And a massive culprit of this for me today was Bruno Fernandes. I'm a massive Bruno Fernandes fan. I think this guy is an absolute magician on the football pitch. He's a wonderful passer of the ball, fantastic goal scorer. Uh, the amount of, I, I suppose, the, the, the in term that the, the youngsters use nowadays is um, goal involvements, you know, whether it's assists or goals combined. And his, his record of goal involvements to games is, is fantastic. It's very, very good. And he's done some wonderful things whilst playing in a very poor Manchester United side. Today, Bruno lost his head. And he's our captain. He's the guy who should be helping the younger players. He's the guy who should be trying to get everyone going again. But Bruno spent the majority of the second half moaning, whinging, and then even worse, just trying. It almost seemed like he was on a mission to get sent off. It was just nonsense behavior. He acted like a sulky little child. He acted like a little bitch. And there's no two ways about it. And it was an embarrassment to see as a Manchester United supporter somebody behaving in that way i've not seen any footage of it back i imagine it's all over twitter if it does exist i'll check it out later on this evening but apparently there was a moment when uh, i believe it was a langer came on the pitch and the commentators were telling us that bruno fernandez was waving his arms at the bench saying why wasn't he the one being took off why wasn't he being substituted that's the captain of manchester united that's embarrassing that is it's terrible i mean ultimately whether it's 2-0, 3-0 or 7-0. It's still three points. It's one game. The scoreline is embarrassing for us and an absolute joy for Liverpool, of course. And on the day, it's mortifying for United fans and wonderful for Liverpool fans. But after today, going forward, it's only three points still. Whether you lose a game 1-0 or 7-0, it's still the same number of points. However, I hope this does get a reaction from Manchester United now and Ten Hag. And I feel that when United have had setbacks under Ten Hag in the past, we have reacted to it. I mean, famously, the Brentford game, we were awful on that occasion quite early in the season. We had a big reaction from that. I feel as well the number of games United are playing with... I mean, we bought in Sabitza on loan, but we've lost Eriksen and we've lost um, Donny van der Beek, who wasn't playing regularly on, on you know anyway, but it's another body in midfield. Uh, McTominay, again, not playing regularly, but he's just come back from injury himself. So we're short on numbers as well in the centre of the park. And the difference in quality between Casemiro playing and not playing is huge. So he's having to play a lot of minutes in there because our standard of midfielder drops dramatically when he's not there. So I think the number of games coming this thick and fast has started to catch up with us a little bit. But at the same time, Bruno's behaviour is disgusting. There was a young lad who came on for Liverpool. I believe his name is Carvalho, I think. Um, yes, I think it's Carvalho. And he came on, looked quite lively. And there was one moment where Bruno Fernandes literally just kicked the kid. 
and then I had an argument with the referee, and I'm fairly certain, I mean, we didn't see a replay of it, I'm fairly certain that he gave the referee, uh, sorry, the assistant referee, the linesman, a bill of a shove. This stunned me. This is not the behaviour. And, and think as well, going back to earlier in the season, when Garnacho made a big impact in one of his very first games for the club, Bruno Fernandes was in the uh, interviews after the game, talking about how he's a talented guy, he, he's got a lot of ability, he would already be playing if it wasn't for his attitude. And then you're, you're, you're making comments like that about an 18-year-old 18, 18 child, 18-year-old kid playing on the wing for Manchester United. And then you're behaving like this yourself as the captain of the club. It's not setting a great example, first of all, to the youth players at Manchester United who are getting into the team because they will look up to players like Bruno, look up to players like Luke Shaw, look up to players like Scott McTominay even, who has come from the academy himself. And they're running around like spoiled children just trying to kick people. They're going to think that's okay to behave that way. And it's not only with regards to players who are playing for Manchester United, young players coming through and playing for United. It's people watching at home as well. My my young daughter uh, plays football. I mean, she's a bit older now to realise... She, she would know that's not the behaviour that you should uh, be putting out there. But back when she first started playing the game, eight, nine years old, players playing for Manchester United were her idols. If she saw Bruno playing this way back then she would think it's okay for herself to go out and do that on a Sunday or Saturday morning playing for her local team. Kids are heavily influenced by their heroes and the behaviour of Bruno Fernandes and other players from Manchester United today just wasn't up to scratch and a little bit embarrassing for me as a Manchester United supporter. On the other side of the coin, very quickly before I depart, Liverpool today were sublime. Some of the football they played was wonderful. Um, there was a couple of moments where... Van Dijk looked to be struggling a bit with the pace of Rashford and when Anthony cut inside on his left foot, which is what he always does. I mean, he hasn't got a right peg, let's be honest, but he cuts inside on his on his left foot and Van Dijk seemed to struggle a touch with some of the movement and the pace. So, I mean, Liverpool fans who watch him every week, I, I don't, I'm only going by what I've seen today, is this... Is this a regular thing we're seeing now? Is Van Dyke's legs going a bit? Has he lost a bit of pace? Because I always remember him in in you know your title winning season, for example, or the Champions League winning season, for example, as being a colossus at the back with lots of, of pace and movement and strength and so on, and a wonderful defender. So are we seeing him now? Maybe are his legs going a touch? I mean, please let me know on on Twitter at SJP Words is my Twitter account there. But with regards to Liverpool, that aside. Absolutely fantastic. Salah looked back to the Salah who was one of the best footballers I've seen in decades from a few years ago. He was glorious today. Um, it was wonderful for Firmino, having said he's going to be leaving the club in the summer. I mean, I believe it's eight seasons, maybe nine seasons, eight seasons he's been at Liverpool. And he's been a huge part of that resurgence, a huge part of that Klopp revolution for want of a better phrase where Liverpool were there or thereabouts but couldn't get the job done and then would drop back down the table a touch uh, whereas Klopp came in and, and I think changed the club and they played some fantastic exciting attacking football glorious to watch Firmino was a massive part of that obviously you know time moves on for everyone Firmino is now not first choice and they're going to be leaving the club so it was lovely for him to come on and get a goal as well that was a that was a lovely thing to see for from a Liverpool standpoint uh Gakpo as well my goodness can this boy finish just looking at today I'm not saying that he is a wonderful finisher I've not seen enough of him to 
to know that for sure. But going by today's performance, oh my goodness, what a, what a couple of finishes. His first goal, the ball that played him inside, and then the touch to cut back on his right foot was a glorious finish. And then his second, the little scoop over De Gea, wonderful. Absolutely wonderful. Brilliant finishing. And as someone who very unsuccessfully and very poorly used to attempt to play up front himself, seeing somebody finish like that is just fantastic stuff. Really good. So, yeah, that's kind of my immediate reactions, I guess, to what I've seen this afternoon. So, uh, first of all, you know, congratulations to Liverpool. They played some wonderful football. Absolutely brilliant stuff. And the top four. And Champions League football may be back on the cards. Who knows? There's still plenty of games to be played. Still plenty of points to play for. Manchester United have Betis in the week in the Europa League. And then I believe it's Southampton at the weekend. And all I can think of there is to, to say really, I wouldn't want to be a Manchester United player in training on Monday morning. Not with Ten Hag. I imagine he is not going to be a happy bunny whatsoever. Uh, if you've enjoyed this, then please, by all means, let us know on at SJP World Media is the Twitter account for the network that will be carrying this show. Uh, the SJP podcast itself is going to be maybe doing a bit more of this sort of stuff, maybe going back and looking at wrestling again, looking at TV again. Uh, it's going to be something that I'm going to use effectively now just to do effectively whatever I feel at the time. Uh, this is my first attempt at doing something solo for quite a long time and definitely my first attempt at doing something football orientated. So please, by all means, let us know at SJP World Media how you feel this has gone, whether you'd like to hear more or less, whether you think my points are uh, accurate or half decent or just absolute dog shit. By all means, please let me know. And also, I ask you to like and subscribe to the podcast itself and all the net the network channels and so on. SJP World Media has covering professional wrestling, past and present. Uh, we have plenty of TV shows looked at, Doctor Who pod. We have a show covering Quantum Leap, The Waiting Room. We have all sorts going on. So many shows. I mean, new shows every day. There's not. It takes too long for me to list everything. Murder in Mind with with our good friend Morty checking out uh, the Murder in Mind podcast. Sorry, checking out the BBC drama from the early 2000s there uh, nitro nights looking back at old wcw stuff and more shows being added all the time that's at sjp world media on facebook and twitter and all of your podcast players platforms and providers uh thank you so much for you know taking this sort of half hour or so out of your day to check out my first little foray into talking football i hope you've enjoyed it or even if you've thought i've just talked absolute bollocks for the last 30 minutes thanks for giving it a go and hopefully you will check out more from the network and myself very soon uh, and again at sjp world media is where you can find everything linked to the network thank you so so much and hopefully you will check out more again in the future bye bye